Let us explore the term trauma-informed care, or in this case, trauma-informed education. Trauma-informed care shifts the focus from what's wrong with you to what happened to you. A trauma-informed approach to care acknowledges that healthcare organizations and care teams need to have a complete picture of a patient's life situation, past and present, in order to provide effective healthcare services with a healing orientation. Adopting trauma-informed practices can potentially improve patient engagement, treatment adherence, and health outcomes, as well as provider and staff wellness. It can also help reduce avoidable care and excess costs for both the healthcare and social service sectors, including educational settings like schools. When children are exposed to trauma, the effects can be widespread and long-lasting, not only on behavioral and social skills, but also in the classroom. Welcome to episode 43 of the Teacher Rockstar podcast, a place where tips and strategies critical to the new teacher are discussed. I'm your host, Steve Hiles. In this episode, we're going to be talking about trauma-informed care training, how certain challenges in life affect the learning ability of a child, and how educators can help their students. Trauma in childhood and adolescence can include abuse, neglect, disadvantage, and other adverse family circumstances. The terms developmental trauma, complex trauma, and toxic stress are often used to describe child and adolescent traumatic events that occur in the family home. Children and adolescents exposed to childhood trauma are more likely to experience poor academic performance, have difficulty forming friendships, and have challenging classroom behaviors. They are also at risk of developing post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety disorders, and conduct problems. Psychological disorders following childhood trauma are characterized by heightened arousal of the fight-or-flight stress response, including running away or becoming physically or emotionally aggressive, intrusive, and distracting thoughts related to the trauma, leading to difficulties with attention and concentration, avoiding reminders, people and events related or perceived to be related to the traumatic experience, increased sadness, low self-esteem, and reduced trust or increased anger towards others. Psychological distress following trauma in childhood and adolescence is associated with disruptive attachments and connectiveness in schools, antisocial and withdrawn Uh, child and adolescent behavior challenges, controlling emotions and behavior in the learning environment, suspensions, and expulsions from school. Before we continue on, I'd like to share a word from our sponsor. Would you like to 10x your classroom management skills? Well, if you're a brand new teacher or a student teacher, maybe perhaps you're a teacher returning back into the classroom. The Teacher Rockstar Academy course is for you. Gain the confidence, the necessary skills you'll need to crush it on day one and beyond. Enrollment is on. Visit TeacherRockstarAcademy.com. That's TeacherRockstarAcademy.com. This will be a transformational experience for you. I guarantee it. Okay, let's continue. The development of children and adolescents who have been exposed to trauma compared to those who haven't is different. And we're going to talk about some of these things here. 
Children and adolescents without traumatic exposure can achieve survival and emotional and behavioral control, allowing them to flourish and succeed socially, emotionally, and cognitively. However, children and adolescents exposed to trauma find it challenging to achieve at school due to their heightened state of arousal and real or perceived concerns about their safety and security. Trauma-based educational practices have gained ground over the past 10 years. Uh, let me name just some of the uh, practices here. Uh, improve uh, realization and recognition among educators of trauma and its impacts on children and adolescents. Improve educator responses to children and adolescents experiencing trauma. Limit re-traumatization of children and adolescents by increasing support and reducing punishments in educational settings. Limit secondary and vicarious trauma among educators by increasing support and professional learning of educators concerning child and adolescent trauma. Trauma-informed models in schools and early learning settings have been shown to reduce stress, anxiety, and depression among children and adolescents. They can also reduce stress and feelings of helplessness in educators when responding to trauma-exposed students. Let's take a look at five principles of trauma-informed care. Uh, principle number one, family belonging, engagement, and attachment. Models of trauma-informed practice show the importance of educators, family members, caregivers, and health professionals collaborating to support children and adolescents who have experienced trauma. Collaboration between educators and family members, caregivers can increase consistency and routines across home and educational settings. Now, this improves a child's sense of safety and security and limits triggers associated with the fight or flight stress response. Now, let me share some common triggers for trauma-exposed children. They include a perceived loss of control, anxiety around changes in routine, fear of disappointing or upsetting others, unexpected events, sounds, sights, and activities, family belonging, engagement, and attachment, as well as other approaches of trauma-informed care can help reduce these triggers. It also helps to identify triggers specific to the individual child or adolescent. This can occur through observation in the learning setting and through consultation and collaboration between educators, family members, caregivers, and health professionals. Let's move on to principle number two, school belonging, engagement, and attachment. Behavioral specific praise using the child's name, naming the correct behavior, and prompting the child to behave in that way in the, in the future, as well as the principles of unconditional positive regard. Consistency and empathy between learners and educators are used to improve a child's sense of safety and security in the school setting and to limit triggers associated with the fight or flight stress response. Now, all of the principles detailed here are also used to increase the learner's sense of belonging, connectiveness, and engagement in education services. Principle number three, emotion identification, regulation, and expression. The approach of emotional awareness and regulation targets the capacity of children and youth to identify and regulate their own emotions and also their capacity to identify and notice the impact of their emotions and behavior on others. Learners who have been exposed to trauma require more neutral and less punitive prompts to help them to identify their own emotions 
and the emotions of others, and to identify and use specific strategies that will help them to regulate their emotions in learning settings. Principle number four, predictable routines, rhythm, and consistency. Now this is very, very important here. Uh, creating routines, rhythm, and consistency in the educational setting is achieved through the following ways, okay? Using visual schedules and verbal reminders around these visual uh, schedules, instructing and prompting learners during transitions. Using reward charts and token systems, allowing repetitive activities and self-regulation through movement. Modeling practice and behavior specific praise around routines are also important. Let's move on to principle number five. Development of strengths, identity, and choice. Children and young people who have been exposed to trauma are more likely to have impaired self-esteem and negative views about themselves and the safety of the world and those around them. The principle of collaboration and choice provides these children and adolescents with the opportunity to have some kind of control of their environment and to develop their identity and sense of achievement. Collaboration involves developing well-defined and achievable short-term as well as longer-term goals, which the child or adolescent can approach one by one and step by step. These goals are typically incremental and consider the delayed cognitive, social, and emotional development and psychological concerns of children and adolescents who have been exposed to trauma. Before we move on, we have another quick word from our sponsor. Imagine having unlimited monthly access to educational products, instructional videos, teacher podcasts, and articles worth over $1,000 for just pennies a day. Wouldn't that be just awesome? And you know what the best part is? You get a free seven-day trial. So really, what do you have to lose? Log on, go check it out, take a look around. Visit MyTeacherMembership.com. That's MyTeacherMembership.com. Now, I will be adding more products every month, which means even more value. And you're going to love being a part of this teacher membership community. All right, let's move forward here. And let's take a moment and talk about key components to trauma-informed care. Creating a physically and emotionally safe environment, establishing trust and boundaries, supporting autonomy and choice, creating collaborative relationships and participation opportunities, and using a strengths and empowerment-focused perspective to promote resilience are ways in which the principles of trauma-informed care work to reduce re-traumatization and promote healing. A trauma-informed approach also considers and modifies policies, procedures, and treatment strategies from the top down in order to ensure they are not likely to mirror the common characteristics of traumatic experiences. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration recommends that when organizations and systems create a trauma-informed environment, the following 10 implementation domains be considered. And they are as follows, governance and leadership, policy, physical environment, engagement and involvement, cross-sector collaboration, screening, assessment, treatment services, training and workforce development, 
progress monitoring and quality assurance, financing, and education. The manner in which a system or organization views and responds to individual trauma sets the stage for the degree of severity of the impact of trauma as well as the facilitation of the healing and recovery process. Well, my friend, this brings us to the end of another episode. I want to thank you for listening to the Teacher Rockstar podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hiles. Again, we hope you've enjoyed listening to these tips and strategies on trauma-informed care training. When you get a chance, visit my blog and subscribe to my newsletter for the latest educational research, best practices, and unadvertised free bonuses at stevesclassroomresources.blogspot.com. That's stevesclassroomresources.blogspot.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us at the Teacher Rockstar Podcast. And if you'd like to support us, please feel free to share our podcast with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. That would certainly be appreciated. Thanks again. We'll see you same time, same place next week. And remember, my friend, you got this.